Oh, it's good to see you. Am I on? I guess I am. Yeah, we are going to um, take the next few weeks, and we're going to be talking about fear, what it is, how we keep it, how we get rid of it. And I don't know of anyone who has never had any kind of fear. Am I right, or are you in this room and... You're like God. You never had any fear. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's pray for a minute. Father, I thank you for deeper understanding, the ability to apply what is learned. For our everyday life, we invite you, Spirit of Truth, to come and guide us into all truth. And we thank you that we can triumph over the spirit of fear. Amen. So as I uh, was sort of saying to you, I'm going to be sharing on triumphing over the spirit of fear. And I'll share God's provision, what he has given us to be victorious. Um, I might share some of the experiences that I have had personally. And um, finally, how to use what you know and have to break down barriers and break down strongholds in your life. See, we can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Amen? So my key text is in 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So when I looked up the word uh, fear, it says timidity, cowardice, uh, cringing, fawning kind of fear. And... um, The scripture then says, we're not given this spirit of fear by God, but we're given by by God a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. So we have power, we have love, and we have sound mind. One of the explanations for a sound mind is a calm and well-balanced, mind and discipline and self-control. Anybody here want any more of that? A well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. Well, God's Word tells us that we can live free from fear. And with that, there's also a command that we are to be free of fear. And um, with the command, God gives authority And he gives you power over any kind of thoughts that come that want to make you fearful. And um, is there some... I had a word of knowledge this afternoon. If there is someone here who has a prodigal child, one that has moved out, moved away, you don't know where they are, they've left home. Uh, and I have some scriptures for you that the Lord gave me. Isaiah 43, 5 through 6. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east 
and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So if that's a case in your life, you just grab hold of what the word has to say about it. And also Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Oh, I've had to relay on that a lot. <laughs> Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that right hand of God is always the power part, the authority part. And when we hear about that. So let's get elementary here. Huh? Isaiah 41, 10, and 11. First, let's define fear. First thing we see is that it is a spirit. And um, Creflo Dollar, whose book I was reading, says that fear is the instinctive emotion aroused by impending or seeming danger, pain or evil, panic, alarm, a dread, uneasiness, or anxiousness. Um, I would even include the word, um, you brought it up in class, concerned. I'm not really afraid that this will happen, but I am concerned. Well, that is also a type of fear. And, and so when you catch yourself saying that, you need to recognize it as a fear that's trying to come on you. And so we know now that the spirit of fear is not to be in your life. There is an anointing on the spirit of fear, and it is negative and destructive. And the believer who's anointed by the Holy Spirit, we do call it anointing, and that gives us empowerment and emboldens us and encourages us, and that gives us the power to do the things that we could never do in our own power. And so the spirit of fear is satanic. It is one of Satan's most effective tools. And it is destructive in any area of our lives where we permit it. So what does this destructive fear do? Well, we know that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy it puts us in bondage, um, and there's a, a spirit of terror trying to overtake this world today with all sorts of, uh, if you watch any news, which I, I do, but sometimes I think it'd be better if I didn't. I would know a whole lot less about what supposedly is going on in the world and in the United States of America. So. That kind of a fear can come on you. It's a bondage. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. 
but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Hallelujah. So Terah in Phil, uh, Philippians 1.28 tells us, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Amen. I remember a long time ago when we lived in our first Broken Arrow home, um, we went into another home and rented out the first home. And uh, we had said that we would give their deposit of $200 back when we checked out the house. Well, when we went into one of the rooms, there was a huge red Kool-Aid stuff, stuff all over the floor. And I said, we can't clean that. We're going to have to tear that up and move it out. So the man who um, <laughs> was trying to be diversive, I guess, he was over by the fireplace trying to clean it up. And uh, he said, well, I need my, my money back. And I said, I don't think so. Well, I've been cleaning this fireplace for you. Well, thank you, but I can't get the Kool-Aid stuff off the carpet in the other room. Well, he came towards me, and his fist was like this. And I just stood back, and it came like that against the wall. And he said, you Christians are all alike. I want to say glory to God. I hope that's true. But it was fearful to see somebody coming at me with a fist, almost cursing me because of $200, that it would take a whole lot more to repair that carpet. So it can paralyze you sometimes and can stop you in your tracks. Uh, I... <laughs> I'll share with you, I'll make myself a little transparent here. Um, you can close your ears if you don't want to hear this, but <laughs> when I was um, very young, maybe 10, maybe 11, uh, I came home from school. I lived in New York City in Manhattan, and uh, we lived in a brownstone. And my mother was always home when I got home from school. This day, there wasn't. So I went up, and no, no mom. So I came down, and there was a man in the hallway. And having been taught that you always try to help other people, I said, uh, sir, can I help you? And he says, well, you can come down here and help me with this lock I'm trying to get open. So little old me went downstairs, and he said, this lock over here, he thereupon shoved me against the wall, said, I have a knife in my pocket. So if you scream or say anything, I'll use that knife on you. And he went and did what he wanted to do to this little girl. Well, I have found that through my life, certain situations would bring on me a spirit of fear that would paralyze me so that I still felt like I was back up against the wall, helpless, and couldn't say anything. Well, I've changed since then, have you noticed? Okay, so where did this fear come from? If we look in our Bibles, we see in Genesis 3, 10, you already know this, I, I do believe, 
Well, I know Mike knows this. <laughs> Maybe Bruce. Okay. Genesis 3.10. Adam and Eve have sinned. And um, Jesus, who used to come walking in the garden with them in the cool of the evening. Um, Adam, let's see. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord said, God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Well, he wasn't afraid because he was naked and hid himself. He was afraid because he knew what he had done. And it was what God had told them not to do. And that's where fear came in. It is the nature of Satan. It produces death and destruction. Fear is the lifestyle of hell. Fear is the lifestyle of hell. But as new creations, glory to God, we leave and left that lifestyle behind, and we take on the nature of the Father. His nature is life and uh, faith, and everything that is in God is on the inside of us. So we have a command from God to fear not. And... Um, do we have um, a slide to put up there uh, on fear and faith? You don't have it. Okay. Um, well, we'll use it next week. <laughs> well, we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be a partaker of his divine nature, uh, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now, a long time ago, I heard this story about a little old woman in a, uh, in a church, and she was used to prophesying. So one day she stood up and she said, my little children, you, it's okay for you to be afraid because God says, sometimes I get afraid too. <laughs> well, now, if anybody had any sense, they knew that wasn't from God. <laughs> so what are the areas in our lives today that are affecting us? Well, the world economy, uh, downsizing, layoffs, recessions, depression, terrorism. Uh, I understand that Christians are now terrorists, <laughs> according to some people. And so right now, Satan, the destroyer, is working to devastate and bring fear 
into this entire world. And our personal circumstances often bring us to an emotional, emotional state. And uh, we have a subconscious storage bank. Like I had that subconscious storage bank of being paralyzed and couldn't move or talk or do anything. We have a subconscious storage bank concerning past experiences, whether they are real or not. I was stuck in an elevator in Jamaica, and it wouldn't go up and it wouldn't go down. And uh, I have had somewhat of a claustrophobic nature, uh, as it have had, and um, it wouldn't move. It wouldn't go up, it wouldn't go down. So I was just about to push a button um, that they have in there to alert people, this, uh, and it started to move. And so since that time, whenever I would get in an elevator, I would have to have that memory come back that the devil would put in my mind, you're going to get stuck in the elevator, you're going to get stuck in the elevator. And I learned to say, no, devil, I am not getting stuck in this elevator or any other elevator. Hallelujah. And uh, it, when you are bringing children up, they have occasions to sometimes see an um, insect. And uh, one of them was a butterfly. So just imagine this. This butterfly is flying around. It happens to be a monarch butterfly. I like those the best. And it's flying around, flying around. And you tell the child, oh, don't go near that. It will sting you, and that will hurt you. And the next time a butterfly is coming around, the child runs from the butterfly. Why? Because he's been told a lie that has produced in him a subconscious storage bank that says, butterfly stings, stay away. So any kind of message that you hear can, of doubt can bring fear. You go into the doctor, and he starts to give you the report. Well, before you go in to that doctor's office, you need to have a reply from the word of God ready so that when that report comes, if it's a bad report, you already have the scripture that refutes it. Isn't that true? You can go in and receive it if you want it, but it's better to be prepared ahead of time so that you can have the word of God moving in your life before you. Remember now that you're, um, you have to guard your gate soles. Okay? Your eyes, your ears are gateways to your mind and your spirit. So if you allow torment of disaster, uh, tragedy over the airwaves into your eye and ear gates, it can bring fear into your life. I've taken to uh, talking to the television, and um, like when Ebola was around, and then there's this bird flu and whatever it is, and I said, no, devil, you're not bringing this to me. No one in my family is getting this. Flesh-eating disease, no. Disaster in my home community, no. 
I surround my home, I surround my neighborhood with the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. So I'm taking authority over that which has tried to come in. A number of years ago, I worked, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I was an assistant to the dean in a college. And there was a nurse in the office next. And it was uh, so long ago. It was in Oklahoma with the bombing that took place in that building that uh, she had a television on and she was listening and watching this all day long. And she happened to say to the dean, I don't know why I've been so depressed the last two or three days. And I told my boss, the dean, I said, I can tell you why. She says, what? She's been listening to all that depression on the TV, all those reports of the children and the destruction that took place. And she said, oh, you go tell her that. <laughs> so I went and told her. She's, and she turned off the TV at that point. See, so your ear gates, your eye gates can all bring in um, all kinds of fear. Because fear has a purpose. It wants to prevent you from knowing the possibilities in life. It comes to try to stop you from fulfilling the plan and purpose for your life. You remember the story, um, the account, I'll say, of Moses sending in the spies to look over the land and he told them to go up to the south and to the mountains and to the land and uh, see if the people who live there are strong or if they're weak and many people or few people and whether they dwell in a tent or in a fortified area. And so uh, the people go in, they go where they've been told to go, the land they find is rich, they find there are forests there. And uh, Moses tells them, be of good courage. Okay, be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. So these spies go up and they spy out the land and they found descendants of Anak there. And then they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and they carried it on one pole. And so they brought that back. And they returned from the spying out of the land after 40 days. That's a long time to be in a strange land and checking it all out, the mountains, the grounds, and whatever. And they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people. So everyone there in the wilderness could hear their report. And they told him, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Well, if they had stopped there, that would have been very good. But then they went on to say, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. There are also another uh, Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and Amorites, they're all dwelling around there. And so they have said, we can't do it. And I'm teaching my grandchildren, 
there's no such thing as we can't. If God has told us to do something, you don't say, I can't. And one time, uh, the youngest grandson, he was um, with his other grandma, and they were trying to build something. And she could not get that screw in or something like that. And he says, Grandma, sometimes you have to read the instructions. And don't say we can't do it. We can do it. Well, they did. (laughs) So the people were very upset, and they were saying, the land is good, but the people there are giants. And we can't go in because we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so there was a big uproar, and Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I like that spirit. I like to see more of that around. Wouldn't you, Pastor? Mm -hmm. So Israel refuses to go into the promised land. And um, as I'm reading this, it says, in our own sight, we are as grasshoppers. It doesn't even say that the giants that were there had shown any sign of aggression towards the spies, children of Israel. So Caleb believed God's promises and uh, eventually convinced the rest of Israel to go in and possess their promise. So in this case, fear paralyzed them. They were afraid to go in. Now, what about us? Um, Is this something that God has told you to do and you're waiting for God to do it when he's waiting for you to get out of your paralysis, get out of your fear, and go ahead and do what he's called you to do? Fear for the believers is an authority issue. You must know that uh, God, Jesus, has defeated principalities and powers and rulers in high places, and he made a public spectacle of those demons, triumphing over them in it. We can have confidence that whatever we face in life, whether good or bad, God will bring us through. Amen. And um, I told Bruce the other day, I have all these socks that they give you in the hospital, and I keep them all. (laughs) I said, I've been in here with the blue socks, with the yellow socks, with the green socks, and that's how I can tell how many times I've been into the emergency room. And I had plenty of opportunity to turn in fear. And, And as a matter of fact, I heard one time the devil say, You're not getting out of here. This is it. You're not going to live. And I listened, and I looked at the stuff that was hanging up, and I looked at my husband, and he didn't look too good. And and I finally said, no, I will live, and I will not die, and I will declare the works of the Lord. And, And so fear wants to come in. It's a spirit. It wants to. We do not have to let it happen. You can talk to your television set. No, you don't. You can talk to your sore throat. No, you don't. And rehearse the word of God. 
Fear gets its power from what we see and hear. Giants. We hear giants. And they represent obstacles that stand between you and your destiny. Every one of us in this room has been given a plan of God. And he expects you to live your life accordingly so that you can fulfill it and not be afraid to step out or afraid to fail or afraid to succeed or afraid the devil's going to attack you. There are some people that will not speak against the devil because they're afraid if they do, the devil will really come after them. The devil's going to come after you no matter what. You know? And his words are can't, fear, um, oppression. You're going to lose your job. You're going to get sick. You're going out on the field. You're going to get attacked. You're going to go to the mall and you'll get shot. (laughs) You'll be in school and some maniac will come in and go like that. You can listen to that, but you don't have to let it come into you. This is good. This is the the problems are tests in life that you must overcome in order to receive your promotion in the spirit realm. So you don't have to keep going round and round. Problems are the last-ditch effort by the enemy to turn you around before you occupy the land God has called you to. So there can be health issues, financial issues, relationships, terrorists, financial worries all over the world. Every test is an opportunity for victory. Satan specializes in appearances. He uses fear of a temporary situation to cause you to make long-term decisions and to doubt God's word. And believers are to walk by faith. Aren't we? Are you awake? I didn't put you to sleep. Okay. And not by sight. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. 2 Corinthians 5.18. For God did not, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God did not give us a spirit of fearfulness. You hear people all the time, oh, I'm afraid I'm catching the flu. Oh, I'm afraid my child is going off in the wrong direction. Oh, I doubt I'll ever live to see 50. And so on and so on. Well, in my, uh, my family, uh, I was like four years old, three and a half, four years old, when my father died. So I have learned that my heavenly father is my father. And um, he was 44, 46, somewhere in there. Well, after a while, my sister, who was uh, 23, 20 years older than me, she died at 44. And then five years later, maybe, my brother died 
at age 44. So you know what the devil was trying to tell me. But I don't, do I look 44? <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> well, I've passed that for a while, but I had that fear. Coming up on 44, I didn't want to have a birthday. I didn't even want anybody to know it. I wanted to be right next to a doctor that could help me if something happened, you know. And so that fear tried to get me. And um, obviously it didn't. We broke the curse, I guess, when I came into the uh, Holy Spirit. So, praise God. My mother lived to 87, you know. And I believe I have her genes. <laughs> Um, anyway, so let's go back to our main text. He has not given to us the spirit of fearfulness, but of power. So what is that word power? It's dunamis. This one I can spell. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. And it is explosive power. Like uh, TNT. Has, have you ever seen anything that blew up with TNT? whether on television or not. And it's a miraculous power, too. And it's ability and abundance, strength, and mighty, wonderful work. So why has God given us this dunamis power? To work miracles, to confound the enemy, to support us in trials, and enable us to do the greater works that Jesus said we should do. Amen. And then we have the word uh, in this version, uh, sacrificial love. And that enables us to hear, believe, hope, and endure all things and is the incentive to obedience. Then what about the sound mind? It implies a lot more than just having a sound mind. It means clear understanding that can be of whatever situation you find yourself in, clear understanding of the Bible, sound judgment, and a heavenly temper. Thank you, Lord, I, I receive it. <laughs> and in a word, your soul is harmonized in all its powers and faculties and completely regulated and influenced so as to think speak, and act in all right things. In other words, the word of God has given you a sound mind, a mind that can contain the word of God so that when something happens, it comes up and out your mouth. Not, oh, my word, something's wrong, they're going to be sick, or whatever. You need to learn to be able to distinguish between the spiritual laws that are in force, which are an established principle. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus produces hope and faith. And the law of sin and death, despair and hopelessness. We weren't created to worry. We weren't created to fear. He gave us exceedingly, abundantly, supernatural grace and peace and love and power so that we can grow in the knowledge of God. 
in order that we may share his divine nature and not live like, act like, or think like the world. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. I use that for healing. (laughs) You believe in God, believe also in me. Fear, anxiety, is the opposite of faith. Fear is disturbed, harassed, trouble. It's tiring. Tires you out. And fear's power depends on you magnifying the situation and and looking at it constantly. And it wants to convince you that you are unable to do what you have set your heart on doing and your mind to do. And once we get on the offensive and attack fear, its power is gone. Fear will tear you apart. So we need to declare war on fear. Anybody agree with me? So some of this news that I have gotten uh, off uh, Facebook or somebody mails me this stuff, and it's all negative, it's all prepper information. You know what I'm talking about? For these last days, you have to have so much water so many MREs, so you'll have food, and then you, if you know, what, uh, whatever you need to have, you better get it now. Even toilet paper, you better go stock up on toilet paper. Stock up on everything. Keep it in a place where it's safe. Okay. I know a God, <laughs> I know a God who brought water out of a rock, and it was living water. So we have some water, but we drink it every day, okay? Uh, I know a God that when there was no bread left, rained down manna from heaven so they could use that to eat. And I know a God who when the people were hungry for meat, he sent quail. So much quail, they got sick of it. (laughs) I know a God who when the lights went out in Egypt, the lights stayed on in Goshen. And I know a God, when the cruise of oil was at its last, he caused it to increase and not run out. So hallelujah that we know this God. And this God is for us. He's not against us. He wants to bring us to a place where we can slap fear just like that. No, you don't fear. I'm not listening to that. And replace it with the word of God. Hallelujah. So I thank you for listening tonight. I pray right now that the word of God that was shared will continue to remain in your hearts and your minds so that when you finally get to the place where you might hear the devil saying something, you'll be able to say, no, you don't. I have the truth. I know the truth. The spirit of truth lives on the inside of me and gives me revelation of the word of God. And so, therefore, I'm not afraid of you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.